I just got off the trap mill, took a shower, have my green tea right here in front of me, so life life is good, and I'm really looking forward to, to restarting this. Um, actually got a new job, or after a brief timeout around a year ago, and, and there's been very little time uh, given the position and, and given the responsibilities. And there's certainly no time to do this, this the same way as before, to spend so much time researching. Uh, but I still want to do it, I still need it, I think it's good good for stress relief. I want to sound off on things, but it will be it will be a little bit different from now on. I thought I'd do this quick and dirty, one topic, way more profanity. <laughs> uh, and if you can't stand that, then then go to the land of do as you please, you know. Uh, title is still I do the numbers, though, not I, I do the fucking numbers. It, it doesn't come to that. Today, I must say there is some some true resentment that I have for the companies I want to talk about, the industry I want to talk about. Because they have one target and one target only. And that is, after all, ultimately, to fuck over retail investors. They want to burn money, they want to blitz scale, and they want to go public and then... They want to fuck over small-time real-tail investors when it comes all crashing down on them. You understand as well as I am that this description matches way too many companies these days. But today, let's focus on on one particular industry, the so-called ultra-fast delivery services. You may have used some of them yourself. Let me let me just rattle off a few names here. Uh, let's see, Getter, Gettier from Turkey. Gorillas, uh, Germany, GoPuff, DoorDash, Walt, which was acquired by DoorDash, Joker, <laughs> at least they got the name right, Fritch No More, Bike, Zap, Flink, Wheezy. There's so many of them. And if you just look at, at the few that you can find data on already about latest uh, fundraising rounds, valuations, or in case of DoorDash, one of the few publicly listed companies out there, it's, it's fucking incredible. Getter, $12 billion valuation. Gorillas, $3 billion. GoPuff, 15 DoorDash currently trading at 39 They took over Walt for 8.1 not so many, many months ago. And these, these massive valuations, they're all built on very shaky houses of cards because their business model is shit. So what is their business model? Well, I think in a few words, they are delivering whatever product at the moment, mostly food, groceries, in 10 minutes or 5 minutes or 15 minutes. Their big brand promise is 10 to 15 minute delivery on grocery items or at least faster than you can get it yourself. You complete the purchase online or via the app and some poor guy puts the item into your hand almost immediately. That's the dream. 
There is no item too trivial. There's no quantity too small for these companies. Bring me one stupid lemon. And then please make sure to wrap it in in several layers of plastic, because otherwise it would be environmentally sane. But we don't want that. And ultimately, of course, each of these companies operating in the field, they want to be the last man standing. And later then, they want to branch out, perhaps even create a physical presence like uh, a physical presence like a supermarket, something offline, take it offline if you can't believe it. And we know the playbook because we've seen it before. With other on-demand apps, you capture customers, you consolidate control, you see these high-frequency behavior, you expand, you cross-sell, you try to go into higher margin categories. Big dreams that to me make zero sense. So let's do the numbers. Let's do the numbers. How does this work financially? Little hint, it doesn't. These companies, on average, appear to lose around eight US dollars before advertisement spending, and as much as 20, including ad spending. And that is on every single order, on every single delivery. And that's the reality. $20 on every single order as a direct loss. Let me put it this way. It takes them $12 to get a new customer. Then that customer orders something for $10, and it costs them $18 to deliver whatever he or she ordered. $10 revenue, $30 costs. Because you have to pay the stuff, you have to pay your driver or your freelancer, you want to get your name out there. You want to get your offering out there. TV ads are expensive. Commercials are expensive. And volumes, average order volumes, are just way too small. And I doubt that they will ever get bigger on average. Um, I, I mean, are you really going to order $100 worth of groceries online? Right? Are we talking about big families doing this? Users are singles or two-person households. Maybe some couples being in love. They don't order $100 worth of groceries every week online just because they don't want to leave the house. They want to leave the house. They want to go to Starbucks. They want to go shopping a little bit. Oh, honey, this could be nice. Some of these companies, uh, based on my research, they apparently buy groceries at regular prices in supermarkets, and then they resell them to their customers as a discount. I mean, wow, please, wh where can I invest? Sorry, is, is there still room for me? When has something like that ever worked? Logistics are a nightmare, too. You need too many locations, too many people. Planning your inventory is, is basically impossible because everything is so erratic. And you never know whether Joe Sixpack just wants a lemon or a six-pack or maybe just a Snickers bar. And it's messed up for the drivers, too, man. I mean, they claim at least, you know, we employ more women than men. So congratulations, you're exploiting more women than men, apparently. Not even for profit, just for less losses. There are protests and strikes now. I've seen them in Berlin. I recently passed to Gorilla's, uh, what, what do they call it, storage space warehouse in Amsterdam. And there were very angry statements sprayed on every window about working conditions. And apparently some of the drivers, uh, they didn't go on a strike, so they were called strike breakers and monsters. It was hilarious in this, in this bright pink color. Probably there's a logo somewhere with the same color of some competitor, like, I don't know, Flink or whatever you call them. 
they cleaned it up uh, <laughs> pretty pretty quickly though. Um, can't let people know. And politicians are now also noticing, right, that they have to intervene, they have to defend the working class, they have to look into these conditions to find minimum wages, whatever, which will of course then increase costs of these delivery services even further. And there's only so many deliveries that one poor guy that's not a robot can do uh, in an hour. And if the average volume is too small and he's just carrying oranges and lemons around all day to six different people an hour, now that's not going to break even anytime soon. And, and, you know, don't let me even get started on the environmental impact of bringing one stupid milk carton in a plastic bag to someone while driving a coal-powered fuel lithium battery e-bike. Fuck those guys, man. They need to get out of business. They need to go out of business ultra fast. Yeah, I just thought of that. Look, it, it's great when someone sets out to build a business, get rich, create jobs, giving it his or her all. But don't lie to people. Don't lie to people when you know it's all a bunch of bullshit. And they know that this is not going to work. They know that they won't be the last man standing, the last company out there, as long as money is so cheap. And you can always create the next service to undercut the ones that already exist. And to the customers, I get it, okay? I get it. It's convenient. If you're not that mobile, your kids are stressing you out, having your groceries delivered to you is a blast. But is it really necessary to make someone come to your place when you know he or she is treated badly as an employee or as a freelancer? Because even if you don't know, at one point you must have seen an article or an Instagram story about this. And just because you're missing an orange to, to finish your stupid vinaigrette, that cannot be the price that these people and your environment have to pay and ultimately also not the investors who are buying into the shit. So I'm telling you, when, when the venture capital dries up, it's over. Some of these firms, they will make it to the IPO first, and then retail investors are fucked. And the VCs and the founders, they laugh their asses off. I mean, look at DoorDash. Look at DoorDash since the IPO. Bright star in the sky, DoorDash, right? Went public in December 2020. One of the few that made it before this ultimate collapse that will happen. They went public at around, what, $190 a share? Looking at it today or yesterday or last week, market cap down 40%. Because losses continue to pile up. In the middle of a pandemic, by the way, that was an actual revenue booster for them because people were sheltering at home, ordering stuff online more and more because they couldn't get out or they thought it was too risky. Still not helping. So what, what happens to the scaling story? What a joke, man. I mean, yeah, some people got rich off this thing. I just don't understand why people fall for it. Don't people read? Don't people do research? DoorDash's net loss last year, 2021, was $500 million on not even $5 billion revenue. So there. A more than 10% negative net income margin. And they're not even paying taxes because they're not making any money. So it's, what good does that do for the governments as well? 
public welfare. You can better take that money and give it to, to a good cause. I don't know. Perhaps I'm wrong, but, but I don't think so. I mean, Uber, look at Uber. They went public three years ago. They're still losing money left and right. There's no end in sight. They even don't believe in their robo-taxi story anymore. So the story is not new. And what exactly do these ultra-fast delivery services have that is worth anything at all? They have no customer loyalty. There's only marginal network effects, and even that is a big stretch if you really think about it. There is no technological edge. There are no patents. And the data they collect is not even unique. It's not even unique. They, they, they depend on the real data collectors like Facebook, etc., to promote their business. And just because you know that, that, that Susie from Idaho ordered a lemon the other day, I know I'm really stuck up on these lemons because I read about it that people are just ordering one lemon. They don't even have the courtesy to add a bottle of wine or anything. A lemon for 30 cents and some poor guy. Oh, come on. Look, as long as money is cheap and new companies can raise funds, undercutting competitors and accumulating losses won't end. And as an incumbent, you can never get out from under. And even without new firms entering your market every other week, how is this ever going to work if, if, if order volumes are tiny, purchase costs are high, and you have to pay minimum wages to your non-robot employees? And you also need so many prime locations spotted around already extremely expensive cities. Come on, never touch such a business in your life, not as an investor, not as a consumer. Okay, I think uh, let's wrap this up for the day. Uh, as a closing thought, uh, I would like to share a book recommendation, a book called Blitzscaling. Blitzscaling, can't even talk. Written by Reid Hoffman, who, uh, who co-founded and, and built LinkedIn. And I think there was also some other guy, I guess the real author, the guy who knew how to write, uh, Chris, Chris Yeh, Chris Yeh, yeah, someone like that. It's a really nice read. It's really interesting because it also captures the idea behind many of these businesses. All right. Uh, this was uh, your man Mike for today with I Do the Numbers. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. Talk soon. Right, Kevin? I just want to lie on the beach and eat hot dogs. That's all I've ever wanted.